Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Testing one, two, three. Well, Jeff, we had a big week. An incredible weekend. Baton Rouge, yeah. Yeah, I had a great time at uh, Convention 220. Grace Life Fellowship was the location, the congregation there in Baton Rouge. Just a wonderful group of folks, uh, both in the leadership and yeah. met a lot of people from the congregation. Yeah, great to meet uh, Andrew Farley. Great to meet him. Great to meet John Lynch. Yeah. And um, and a few others. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Harris, I read a lot yeah, of his Ralph stuff. Harris. Good to meet him yeah. and some others. Frank, the pastor of the uh, church. Great yeah, to meet he him was, and Tim. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you're like me. There are a bunch of people I would have loved to have had more time with yeah. to yeah. talk, both from just people that we met that were yeah. attending there and the other yeah. speakers. We had a little bit of time to talk to some of them. Um, I got the opportunity. One other highlight for me, got to sit next to John Lynch on the yeah. airplane between Dallas or between Baton Rouge and Dallas. Yeah. So yeah. I had a real great visit. Yeah, did he say anything about you there. throwing him under the bus over the book? I mean, <laughs> no, he was very he was very nice. I uh, mean, I was a little surprised. You know, I just have to sometimes. I just have to get on the train. You know, I didn't know what uh, you know. You, you said when we uh, we, we did our uh, our talk at uh, the convention that uh, we'd sent uh, Andrew Farley a book and. You got back to us. We ended up being able to speak at the uh, convention. You sent John Lynch a book, and you said in front of everybody, I mean, "John Lynch, we got nothing, you know, no response." And so, but he took that well. He did, yeah, and, and I knew he would. <laughs> so we just had a blast. Uh, I just uh, piled on with that. you. I so, just thought, yeah. well, you know, here we go. We'll go down together. So I just said, you know, and then I did. you know, one thing I wish I would have thought at the time. And I thought of this since then, but I want to go ahead and say it now. I think, but I wish I would have thought of this time. You know, uh, Tim Chalice introduced us, uh-huh. gave us a really nice introduction, great promotion for the book. I uh, read a little blurb from the obituary that we have in our book, mm-hmm. and said some very nice things. And he pointed out that back sometime, whenever I guess it was December, that Andrew Farley had called him and said, "Have you read this book?" And he said he didn't read a lot. He didn't even hadn't even heard of the book, hadn't heard of us. And he says there that. Andrew said, well, we need to get these guys to come to the convention. And then, you know, just dawned on me the other day. And again, I wish I would have said this when we got up there. Nice introduction, very complimentary. But translation is, if these guys flop, it wasn't my idea bringing them in. It was Andrew's idea. Yeah, yeah maybe that's what he was doing, yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. uh, loved Tim with just such a um, uh, kind and there's only two, kind of two pastors of the church, yeah. Tim and Frank, and Tim yeah. Chalice is one of them. He's younger, and he was he does I'd a lot love, of love to have had more time to either one. And yeah. it was so refreshing for me just to yeah. be involved and around a congregation for the weekend, including Sunday morning there, where just the whole emphasis of grace in Christ pretty much permeates everything they yeah. do. Yeah. You know, really a, lot, a lot of congregations, you get some of that, but then you get yeah. a bunch of other stuff, too, that kind of waters it down. That's the yeah. hex of trying to combine yeah. the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Yeah. We're here from what we could tell, you know, all the songs. It was one of the, you know, it was nice to be able to sing songs without having to think and edit while you sing. Yeah. You know, because we. We know, and the story Frank told us was was. Yeah, amazing. tell that. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Also, we need that. to say, too, that we uh, mom went with us, which was a lot of fun, and she <laughs> had a great time, and she kind of helped run the uh, the book table, and so. And even, uh, you know, in, in situations like this, when the books, people ask you to, a lot of times to sign the book. Well, mom, someone asked mom to sign the book. Yeah. So she kind of yeah. got a kick out of that. That, yeah. But it would have been, it would have made a half decent reality show if someone would have followed us with a video camera, uh, going through the airports and everything with mom and getting on and off the plane. And she did great. But back yeah. to yeah, Grace Frank, Life Fellowship. Yeah. So, yeah, Frank, that told, that's one of the first things you talked to us about was, uh, I guess he found out I had some, uh, um, you know, ties in children's ministries. 
And uh, he said one time he had a guest speaker in at the church, and so he. Well, walked, I think it was Tim. I think it was one of the other Tim's, pastor. Oh, okay, Tim so was, Tim was teaching. Yeah. Okay, so Frank would just start walking around uh, the church. It was going on. He went into children's ministry, and he noticed, noticed that the kids were drawing a picture. And so he uh, he asked the children's yeah, pastor, you know, what are they doing? He said they said, well, they're drawing the a picture of the house of God. And he said, oh, really? And he noticed that a few of the kids were drawing, in fact, a building, but that well over a half the kids, maybe three-quarters of the kids, were drawing a picture of themselves. They were drawing a self-portrait. So I get the idea. They were not instructed what to draw. I guess not. They were just told, draw a picture of the house of God. Some kids did a building. Some kids drew a picture of themselves. So he was just beaming that that happened, that the kids realized that they are the house of God. The house of God is not a brick-and-mortar building. Whose temple we are. We're the temple. I mean, I even got, you know, it's... um, it's um, yeah, in in uh, Hebrews three six that we are His house. First uh, Peter two five. You know we are being built into a spiritual house with the temple of God. First Corinthians three. So the kids got it, and he just thought that was cool, and I thought it was cool. It was because there's so many. You know, I mean, so many people have to unlearn so much yeah. to really see God's yeah. grace in Christ, and so it's encouraging yeah. to to know that there's some kids growing up there. It's not yeah. the only place, but yeah. that kids are growing up. That much less they're going to have to unlearn down the road. Well, it's and amazing. It, yeah, little kids, the, most adults go through their entire faith life with yeah. never realizing that they are the house of God. That's not the brick-and-mortar building. There are a lot of young families there in the congregation. And it looked like a pretty uh, – yeah. you're more up to speed on what a children's yeah. ministry area normally yeah. looks yeah, like. It but great. it seemed like that was pretty well. Yeah. Church, a congregation of – I think I heard 500. I don't know yeah. if that means I, yeah. I'm, I'm not know they necessarily run that every Sunday morning, but somewhere yeah. close to that yeah. Uh, yeah. seemed to be. They had the uh, uh, interesting the, the Baton Rouge flavor of a church fellowship dinner. Yeah, you know, in, yeah. In, in Kentucky, you know, they had a church wide fellowship dinner or whatever. They didn't call it that, but the, essentially that after uh, after the Sunday morning service, and we were invited to that. We were yeah. kind of talking to people and, and at our book table and all that. But, um, you know, I saw some guys outside kind of underneath little tents. Well, around here in Kentucky, if you see that, they're grilling hamburgers and hot dogs or right. something like that. Right. Well, not in Baton Rouge. Nope. Baton Rouge. Southern some, Louisiana. Yeah. So they were uh, had a great big pot. They were all uh, three or four guys had paddles in this pot, stirring it around. And yep. it was making jambalaya, I guess. Yep. So they had jambalaya and white beans. And that was. That's what you do in for, the deep <laughs> south of Louisiana for your church. What, so it's uh, just interesting how things change from yeah. one area to the, the culture, from one area to another. But in uh, books, I think we did indicate, I think we need to say something about that, that we did indicate on our last podcast that we were kind of a wondering, you know, how many books to ship, you know, oh, where brother, we can have here to Here we go. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to just leave people hanging, but there was, you know, we shipped a bunch of books ahead, and we were wondering, are we going to have to bring I didn't know, remember together. that we'd mentioned that. We someone, mentioned that on the la- yeah, last podcast. Yeah, someone said something. Yeah, someone said something. I can't remember who it was or where, someone asked me about that because really? they had heard us say in the podcast that we weren't sure if we were going to be bringing a bunch of books back or not. Okay. And so there was a debate going on the way down here that Roger was the most pessimistic, or you were the most pessimistic of our of the Fields Brothers Corporation, which includes three people, basically, or our <laughs> staff, you, me, and Mom. Uh, Mom was the most optimistic. She thought we didn't bring enough. She was telling us all along we were going to sell out of all of our books. Because we really didn't know what to expect. It's not like we've done this a whole lot. And then I was somewhere in the middle. I think Lori was somewhere in the middle. Teresa was toward the upper end. I think Teresa might have been even Well, Lori thought we would do really well. But um, so bottom line is we sold them all. So we sold out by 
I guess Sunday morning we probably could have sold a few more if we'd have had them there. So, um, Mom, you were right. And I know I should be happy about this, but (laughs) Mom was going to remind me of this for the next few months or years. So so that was a running uh, topic. I have have uh, zero credibility left on uh, all things pertaining to conferences. It was funny that no one really knew who we were going into this thing. That was really funny. And so we had a lot of – All they knew was the Fields brothers, and so – yeah, you know, they were Googling this. They thought we were singers. That's what everybody I can call Or they wanted. They just didn't know. Yeah, or yeah. magicians. They would ask us, what do you all do? Well, yeah. It started, they had a reception on Thursday night. We were there for that. And then they had uh, kind of a limited class just kind of for the members of the organization during the day Friday. Then the main convention started Friday evening. Our slot was the second slot on Saturday morning. Andrew Farley was the first one. We appreciate him being our friend <laughs> yeah. and fronting for us and kind of warming, warming up, up the crowd. Warming up the it. crowd, yeah. But um, you know, a lot of people before we spoke would, you know, they realized who we were. They said, "Oh, we're looking forward to, to you." And then you could tell they kind of stumbled, and they're like, kind of like, "What do you do?" Yeah, <laughs> they did, you know, they didn't know. You're looking forward to your talk, or looking because they didn't know what we were. Well, I do. did make it clear that we are not singers. You're not going to see the Fields Brothers toting in a banjo or a mandolin. So one, one one person did suggest that ahead of time when he knew we weren't singers. I was talking to him. He said, "You know, you ought to just get a couple, a banjo or a guitar, and just bring it up there and just set it there, and never use it, just to kind of throw that people off." But, and there were, and there is a Fields Brothers that were bluegrass singers back in the seventies yeah. from Kentucky. Yeah. So so that yeah. can add to the confusion. We talked about them one time yeah. in an earlier podcast. Yeah. But one person came up and said, now, are y'all musicians, comedians, or magicians? Yeah. I said, well, we're not musicians. We're not magicians. <laughs> may or may not be. Occasionally uh, we can be funny, but they're not really comedians either. Comedians. But it is on there. For anyone on Facebook that hasn't seen it. If you go to the uh, the convention or no network two twenty Facebook yeah. page, you can right. find the link. You can find the video of all the all the main speakers. Just yeah. a lot of yeah. great messages yeah. that we heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can see it that way. They are going to make it, or well, they already have made it available to buy okay. on, on the website on the network two twenty org. If you go to that website and click on the link for the convention, there's a place there. I think it's twenty dollars. You can order online through there and get a download, or, a, or it's sent to you in an email or something. A link to get all the videos oh, that really? way. So if someone's not that. on Facebook cool. and willing to pay $20, yeah. that's um, that's one way they can do it. But we got we got more to say about that, but um, yep. let's get that on the other side of the break here. So, Jeff, you said you have some kind of a correction or something? Yes. Um, so before we get back to the convention, or I relate a little bit to that, I was informed by a loyal listener and a friend of mine, he did it very kind and graciously, that in the Saving Private Ryan story, I had a factual mistake in in the last podcast and also repeated it there in Baton Rouge. Okay. That the cemetery scene at the end, that that is not Arlington National Cemetery. Oh, okay. That is the American Cemetery that is in um, Normandy, France. Oh, you know, there is another cemetery right, there. Right, right. Okay. And I just assume because I've been to Arlington. Have you ever been to Arlington I National have Cemetery? Been to Arlington, uh-huh. I've been there as well. It's a very memorable experience yeah. when you yeah. go there, and a very sobering uh, experience to go there. And so I had been there. So when I saw that, I just made that assumption. Right. So right. it's not that. And I, there may have been other listeners that were aware of that. There could have been someone there in Baton Rouge that was aware of that, and they kindly just didn't say anything. Yeah. But anyway, well, never let it be said that the Fields Brothers show is loose with the facts. And so we just wanted to. Well, clarify that so which which makes sense when i learned that it makes it really fits yeah, the yeah. story of the movie better that it would be that dramatic because yeah. he yeah. that took him that long to get all the way over there but anyway so cleared that up well, anyway had a great time anything else about the convention you want to say yes or? 
Yes. There is. Okay. Another highlight of mine. Yeah. I know you're hoping to avoid this. Was the conversation we had at the airport oh, in Dallas for Okay. Yeah. The, well, kind of before that. The, of course, we did our deal Saturday morning, and, and Roger mentioned he's a farmer and all this stuff. So we did our usual thing about, you know, is he or, you know, are you or are you not a farmer? I think it just bothers so, you that I identify with the grassroots of America, and it's us farmers that really drive this country forward. We're the backbone of this country, and I just so we, I think so, that bothers you. So, I mean, so we used our, our typical little banter there and, and there. Well, you know, staying at the, the hotel, and I think it was the next morning, I think it was a Sunday morning, reading breakfast, you know, the, the free breakfast they have at the hotel, and two or three ladies came by. There was a group of ladies from South Dakota mm-hmm. that were there. I guess they're yep. involved some ministry. Or yeah, it's a counseling ministry, ministry I believe. There. Yeah. And uh, a lady came by our table. We're sitting there. Mom's there. And, and uh, she said something like, I'm a farmer, too. Or no. Someone told you what they say. Some, I'm a farmer and I don't grow anything either. Yeah, right. That? Yes, I don't grow anything either. Yeah. So, but then another lady came up and said, "I'm a farmer too," and you know, a little talk, and we joked about all this. Well, we saw happened to see the same group uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth airport. A little challenging getting home. Flights were delayed, so we had some extra time there, and so we ended up talking to the same group of ladies there. And we're talking to her some more. We found out that. Her farm, she's like a fifth generation, or I don't know if it's her or her husband, yeah, fifth a fifth generation, generation farmer, yeah. And that they have 5,000 pigs. I can't even imagine 5,000 pigs. 2,000 yeah. acres, and they raise corn and they raise beans. Um, and so she at the airport, she says, so we're Actually, Jeff, most farmers this. would say that they grow. You raise the animals, you grow okay, the barley, okay. grow the well, whatever the corn. Okay, that's yes. what they would say, I guess. Okay, yes. So, but um, and so then she asked you. She says, "Well, what do you like about farming?" And I said, "Yeah, Roger, what do you like about farming?" Well, I and then like. earlier, actually, at the at the uh, hotel, she had made the comment. This is the part that I love. She made the comment when she said, "You know, you don't actually." And we were joking about you don't actually grow crops or raise animals and all this. So, well, you're a farmer at heart. Mm-hmm. And I got a kick out of that. And I looked at her and said, well, can I be a farmer at heart too? I live in the suburbs. And she said, yes. So I figure we're both farmers at heart. So well, what do you say to that? I was, okay, well, thank you for finally giving me a chance here to respond to that. Well, I would say um, I live on a farm. You live in the suburbs. I have a barn. You do not have a barn. I have two paddocks in which we used to have horses. A used front to paddock. have horses. Okay. Used to have horses. I have a front paddock and a back paddock. And so it is a farm. Now, I just think, as I stated when we spoke at the convention, that I think it's just very legalistic of you to say that because I don't grow barley or corn or don't have cattle that I'm not a farmer. I'm and not so, the one that told you you're a farmer at heart. She's the one that came up with okay. that. So, but anyway, I thought that was great. Well, anyway. So we're, we're both farmers at heart. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm a, in my financial services industry at heart. Or you can be a golfer at heart if you – I don't you think do. so. Oh, that no. reminds me. You know what today is, don't you? No, I don't. The Masters started today. You were not aware of that? No, I did not know the that. The first of the four majors started today okay. down in Augusta, Georgia. All right, let's talk so. about something else that happened in Baton Rouge. And something that I mean, – I mean, oh, I was very, I very proud of you this. for this. Yep. And I've been telling you for a long time, your own wife, Teresa, has been telling you that you need to get a new phone, a new iPhone. Your iPhone was old. It was small. It looked like it had been run over. And I was, I mean, I was just so proud. You marched into that Apple store and you plopped down that old iPhone. I mean, parts flying off and everything. And you said you want to trade that in. 
and they gave you $150, which yep. I was shocked for that phone towards the, the new iPhone. Yep. Employ, one employee came over and gave you a high five for trading <laughs> it in. Yeah. And I was sitting over thinking, that, but that's my little brother. I was just so proud. <laughs> you, you can't, you, I mean, you aren't, you're not even phased that people are making fun of you and your old phone. No, you they just weren't making you, fun of me. You they just, were just well, I know you didn't, you didn't were, notice so. some of the things. I know. I, but I told somebody saying, I said, that's my little brother. I'm just so proud that you just did what was the right thing for you to do. And they, they, and the girl that was was doing the deal, you know, she said, "Now this is going to take a little while to transfer all this data to your new phone from your old phone." I remind her, I said, "It's only it's only a sixteen gig phone." She's, "Oh yeah, that's right," you know. And so, it, so she she agreed that it was going to go a lot. So faster. I don't have to worry about any pictures or videos or anything. I can use that. Reminds me now, new phones. What happened to your red phone? Didn't you have that one time in an earlier podcast? Yeah, I just changed the case. You can do that, Jeff. With the case. I know, I know, I know that, case, but why did case. you you had the red case and you said it matched your truck, which I thought was kind of yeah. cute. You know, yeah. kind of matching. Everybody ought to have their. Well, I didn't like drawing message. attention to my phone. I guess I don't know. So, okay. and, and really, when I got that one, I only had a couple of choices at the store. I wanted something oh. to protect it. I didn't have. I didn't. I only had a couple of choices. Well, what the, was the other choice? Well, black. I didn't want another black case, and so I, you know, I think it was a. Maybe in a white one or something. But I really, honestly, they didn't have much that fit the uh, this uh, the ten max, you know, or whatever it is. It's the big screen. So anyway, so yeah, and I so think I, I got a new one. It looks a little more. I don't know. It's green. I finally got everything set up. I think so. I'm starting to get used to this. So anyway. All right. Well, I just want you to know that I was very proud of you for finally dumping that old phone and get a phone. I mean, you, you tried to GPS us from the airport using your old phone. To the church, and your GPS lady would not even talk. So I, I let you, let you, let you know she, she passed away. There, there she was, died. Your GPS lady had no, already didn't died die. and didn't. went there, on. There was a reason I didn't have something quite right. But anyway, okay. so well, just, came across a great let, – let's finish this one segment up or we may end up carrying it over. Um, article read by Paul Ellis today had one of the best analogy illustrations I've come across in a long time. Okay. He wrote an article about the verse in Matthew where Jesus talks about narrow is the gate. Right. You know, that leads to life. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And few there be that find it and all this. And he, there's a lot. He wrote some, a lot of good stuff. But, but the analogy that he gave, and, and he compared that, which I think is rightfully so, were the part where Jesus said, I am the door. Mm-hmm. So I think we can kind of put those passages together. And just, yeah. you know, this is um, – you know, it's not easy to enter. And it's okay, why is it not easy to enter mm-hmm. into that? And he said that Jesus is the door and the line of light. He says there is a, a bouncer called religion at the door. Mm-hmm. So picture a door. You're trying to get into yeah. a room or whatever. And he said there's a bouncer named, called religion that you go in or you start to go in. You see, and this happens all the time. People see, you know, hear about Jesus, know the story, but then... Other thoughts come along or other people or other thoughts come along. So, well, you're not – you really need to get yourself shaped up before you come to Christ. Yeah, it's always Jesus or, plus a whole bunch right. of other stuff. Or you just don't have what it takes. You know, once you get in there, you're going to have to really work hard and you don't have what it takes. And it's kind of like a bouncer trying yeah. to keep somebody out of a room. So yeah. I thought that was a great yeah. analogy of yeah. a bouncer called religion. And it was just reminding me of how simple the gospel is. Yeah. That one of the one of the little workshops uh, you and I went to that first day, there was just a handful of people because it was before the convention really started. Fella told about the experience, and I, I knew exactly what he was talking about many years ago at a at a conference in Oklahoma City where there was like twenty five thousand people there, and he was it was a Christian conference and seminar, and he was taking notes so fast his hand was hurting, 
And um, he said, it, it's like he heard the Lord speak to him there, and he said, it, it, it's not this complicated, or else he yeah. thought it just can't be this complicated. And so that combined with this idea of, of the religion, a bouncer called religion, I think the gospel, knowing God and the gospel through Christ, is just far simpler than we typically realize. And it, it's if it's hard, it's because it's so simple. Yeah. Because we just can't believe it is that simple to simply believe in Jesus. And, and I, I love the fact, and, and I'm always reminded when you say something like this, of these shepherds in the field. They say, well, you got a Savior. That was the announcement. It wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. okay, we got principles for you. We got a handbook we're going to be t- giving to you. You've got a Savior. You, you, they had what they needed most. They just need somebody to do this for them. And that's what a Savior is. They just need somebody uh, to uh, you know, provide the way to God and do all that work for them. Got a few notes of things I took uh, while listening to it. But before we get to that, I think we should mention what yesterday was. Do you remember what yesterday was? A national day? No. What was yesterday? Were you on Facebook at all yesterday? If you are on Facebook at all yesterday, you probably would have figured it out. You got me, Jeff. I don't know. No, I don't yesterday know. was National Sibling Day. Did you not see that? I didn't see that. Yeah, everyone on Facebook was posting pictures of them and their siblings. Everybody except well, us. I saw, I saw somebody posted a picture of their siblings. I didn't know it was National Sibling yes. Day, though. Mom, I didn't know there was a National Sibling Day. Mom posted a picture with her and our uncle on there. That's why she did that, because it was it was. I didn't know there was actually, a holiday. I don't know if it's national this. or worldwide, but it was Sibling Day. So everybody was putting there. But So does this mean you, you get me something? or No, no, I'm just... At least thought you'd know about it. I didn't. I honestly didn't know that. I didn't know about it until I started seeing these pictures and people talk about it. There's so many days anymore, a day for this, a day for that, and all this. Well, true. So, you you know, I just felt like since we are the Fields Brothers show that we should at least acknowledge that yesterday was sibling day. Well, I'm glad you brought it to my attention. I'm telling you, I did not know that. So we have taken care of that. I've got a few thoughts. I don't know if you want to get to other stuff first, but in terms of... um, One of the things, you know, that we brought up that, that I love, I still like. I still like this phrase. We brought it up and we spoke at the convention, but the um, uh, out of the Pigeon Bible, you know, Galatians three one, your head all jam up. And I have an idea for you. Okay, okay. we're just I'm going to throw it out there live or not live, but on the podcast. And you know, first of all, let me just say, your head all jam up. He, he was talking about people who had really lost their focus of what Jesus had done for them on the cross, and they were trying to do all this now by their own efforts and own works. So, so where other translators head, say, "Who has bewitched you? Yeah. Are you crazy? Who has put yeah. action on you?" The pigeon says, it's pigeon head is all a real up. translation. It's right. a Hawaiian dialect. Right. It's, a, it's a legitimate translation. It says, "Your head all jam up," yep. and it explains what they did. Head all jam up. I think maybe we ought, like we should consider this. As the title of our next book, your head all jam up. Next book, we yeah, book. next book, and um, and for instance, <clears throat> let me give you some examples of how to jam up your head. Okay, right. number one, uh, perpetually trying harder to do more to please God. That'd be a way to jam up your head. Uh, treating discipleship like it's a thing. <laughs> all right, I mean that's a whole topic, but there's no such thing as discipleship. Well, the word's you, never in scripture. The no. word and the concept after the cross is not in scripture. Okay. Uh, confessing every sin for forgiveness, trying to get forgiveness by confessing everything. That's yep. a way to jam up your head. And lastly, and there's more, but there's just four that I threw down here. Um, asking God to search out all your wicked ways, bringing in Psalm 139 from before the cross to after the cross. So anyway, I'm just thinking that would be, I think that would be a cool book, just ways that your head gets all jammed up. So we do occasionally talk about potentially another book out there. We were thinking about that. 
I'm thinking about that a year or so ago when you said, okay, instead of a book, let's start a podcast. Yeah. So we're doing that, but we haven't totally ruled out. We don't know that we will, but we haven't completely ruled out doing another book. Yeah. But that reminds me, for any of I did, I am on the hook for a potential donation to Andrew Farley Ministries. We'll tell everyone, those of you who were there heard this, or if you've seen the video online, but we, we shared or I shared from the platform there about this. You know, we read the verse. We had it on the screen, the Galatians 3.1 from the pigeon, your head all jam up. Uh-huh. And so I made the suggestion to Andrew that I, I kind of said, you know, Andrew, I don't want to tell you how to do your radio program. You do a great job already. But if, you, if someone calls in and you feel they're being a little yeah. bit legalistic and they're kind of trying to mix old and new covenant, if you want to use the pigeon Bible version of this, if you tell that caller, your head all jam up, I said I would make a donation. I didn't say how much, but yeah. I said I would make a donation, and I will. I will yeah. actually do that. I'll make a donation to Andrew Farley Ministries if he tells a caller, your head all jam up. Now, assuming he would explain it, that would really be funny if he just that threw it totally out there funny. without explaining yeah. where it came from. And I'm telling you, I'm still so, threatening to have a cap made that says your head all jam up embroidered on a cap. So I don't know if he'll he'll do that or not. Or I mean, I don't. I listen to a lot of his programs, but I'm you know not able to listen to every single one. So yeah. I would have to somehow be made aware right. that uh, that he does that. So if anyone hears that, it's yeah. a good time to remind folks of our email. Yeah. Um, each have our own email address. We got Jeff at thefieldsbrothers.com, or we have Roger at thefieldsbrothers.com. Yeah. We do have a book, Breaking the Hex: Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion, available on Amazon. And we're pretty much sold out. It's one thing I need to talk to you after the podcast. We need to order some books for ourselves because okay. we're pretty much fresh out after um, after that experience. We ran out of what we have here also. But anyway. And then we have a, a Facebook page, the Fields Brothers Facebook page. And uh, Fields Brothers Show, I think, Facebook page. So anyway. A couple of uh, comments. John Lynch spoke. Absolutely love hearing John Lynch yeah. speak. If any of you out there have not heard John Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H. He's from yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. You can YouTube. Uh, John Lynch, you look him up on YouTube. He has a pretty well-known for a message um, called The Two Roads, and there's now actually a shorter version. The full message is like 40-some minutes long. There's a shorter redo that they've made a couple years ago that's only six or seven minutes long. He wrote The Cure. He's the author of The Cure. He's written a few different books. But he used an analogy that I think uh, we talked a little bit about later that, you know, the idea that, you know, we're completing Christ. He's not going to give us anything new. You know, we're, we're brand new inside. We have a new heart. But yet there's still a progression of some type. There's still yeah, growth right, in there. So when right. we talk about being complete and totally forgiven. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're stagnant. It, it's not the That's same. It's, it's not stagnant. Right. So we're not saying that. But the example he gave was soil that's turned over so it can be exposed to oxygen and light. Mm-hmm. And like... So the nutrients in the soil, if you're going to grow something there, you know, what's needed is already there, but the soil has to be turned over and exposed to the oxygen and light so that it can produce growth at that point. And so I thought that was a pretty good analogy about how God works in our life. Certain things in our life come about to kind of turn over uh, the soil and the light um, in our lives. So. Very cool. Another little analogy Frank gave, I wrote this down, said that uh, God dove on our grenade to save us. Huh. I thought that was kind of a yeah. thing you, you yeah. used to, that kind of analogy there. Um, a couple of people talked about how dangerous the gospel sounds. You know, the gospel yeah. does sound dangerous. And that really, I mean, that is, is a big deal for a lot of people. When you talk about someone being, you know, to tell someone you're totally forgiven, past, present, and future, 
that you don't have to do anything to be more right with God or more pleasing to God in terms of who yourself. Now, that means yeah. all of our actions are right. pleasing to God, but we ourselves pleasing to God. People are just afraid that that's, they're going to run with it. Okay, I have, a fr- it. I have a new phrase for this. Okay. I'm, I've got a list of I'm, – I'm kind of compiling a list of phrases I, I would like to see enter the lexicon of faith people. Okay? Um, and so if you say what you said about it just sounds like it's dangerous to tell people they're totally forgetting all that. It's almost like people are, are treating you as if you're committing grace. <laughs> you're committing grace. It's like you're just too, you know, the can't, grace can't be that big, can't be that encompassing. It can't be that good. And it's almost like you're doing something wrong. Like a crime or something. Yeah, it's a crime. You're committing grace. As if grace is a crime. Think people about that. treat so grace like it's a, like you're violating something. Yeah. Where it's actually, I mean, we all want the same, we all desire the same goal. You know, we all right. want to see people experience the reality of God in their lives. We want to see people walk in the way and reflect Yes, him. except for some people, I think, want to see other people punished for what they're doing wrong, particularly if it's not the stuff that they are doing wrong. True. So, yeah, let me qualify that. Yeah. We all want to see other believers, other um I guess it depends on what degree of punishment and all that. But yeah, yeah, you do. I guess even other believers sometimes some want to see other believers. Oh yeah, they want them to pay if they. Oh so yeah, that. oh yeah, they don't want so anybody that. to get away with anything. That's one one reason you know you don't understand grace when you don't want people to get away with stuff. And that's what Paul ran into in the in the New yeah. Testament. So, but that um, but it's actually but other than that, I mean, there's a lot of people though that really don't desire that, but they really you know we desire to see people. You know, we're against sin. We've talked about that before. But we're just absolutely convinced that the only real freedom from sin comes through grace. That right. you know, you're no longer a slave More rules does not give you freedom. And the pressure, Trying harder does not give you freedom. And the pressure of do this or else does not work. Does not produce the fruit. That it produces frustration, produce frustration or it produces a lot of hypocrisy. And it's still the flesh. And so if if I'm generating outward activities motivated by that that's the flesh and given enough time that flesh will re will produce uh lead to other works it works as opposed as opposed to the fruit but that will lead and that's why galatians 5 you know the works of the flesh are all the the bad list and so it, it can start out good but that's where it eventually winds up and flesh that. i would say is effort just human effort. Would you human agree with that yeah, definition? Yeah. Human effort. Uh, so human effort from, produces all the, the bad, list of bad stuff found in Galatians 5. Aside from God. You know, there's still effort in grace, but in terms of effort that's just not. human effort. Just, right. you got to do more to please God, right, that kind of effort. That purpose. Well, Jeff, my, uh, my third oldest daughter uh, graduated from law school last year, Shannon, and she finds out tomorrow morning Ooh, whether or not she right. passed the bar. Yeah. And so big, big things. So you'll be anxiously waiting for a text or a yeah. phone call or something yeah. Yeah. from that. So, yeah. well, let me know. Obviously, I guess you would anyway, or she may let us she, know. She's working in a jewelry there. store right now, and she's ready to get out of the jewelry store and start her law career. And so, um, that's well, that's a, exciting. We're excited yeah. for her. I mean, we're feeling pretty good about feeling this, good about uh, this it, exam, but, but you never a, know for sure. Tough, until it's a tough test. To get the it's a two-day test. I have a new respect, honestly, for attorneys. All they put her through at law school and, and studied for the bar and all that. It's been very rigorous. So, anyway. well, well, hopefully, next podcast we can do, we yeah. can announce a, a positive yeah. Yeah. Um, result to that. One other little thing on the convention that I thought that I found very, I found moving. Um, 
you know, there are a few different occasions they have the song service, you know, a typical praise band type of thing, which honestly I, I don't get into that as much as some people, but I, you know, I'm still enjoy it and, and, and fine with that. But they had, um, this one, you know, they had the one main guy that was leading with the guitar and about three other ladies up on stage. And then the, you know, drummer, two or three guitars and a guy with a flute. I thought that was a little yeah, different guy yeah. about our age or older yeah. uh, playing a flute up there yeah. the whole time. But the one that I found moving was a song. I forget the exact song, but it was one of the, the hymns that has been redone, kind of in a modern version. And you remember the time where the girl, the lady, uh, girl, you know, yeah. more and more people are younger than us. I guess you yeah. noticed that. That yeah. um, relatively young mother, which I, I learned later on, was actually the wife yeah. of the guy that led yeah. the singing. It got to one point, and she just became over. I mean, the, the song is a very a song of, you know, just about what God has done for us at the cross. Yeah. And she broke down, and she could not sing anymore. And then the, yeah. the congregation recognized that. Yeah. And, you know, she went through a couple of sentences. She just couldn't complete the song because she was so personally overwhelmed by God's grace and God's love in her life that she couldn't sing. And it made for a pretty powerful moment, I thought, in that, in that yeah. song service. Because yeah. yeah. the rest of the band kept going. It was yeah. like hardly anyone was singing because she kind of had the solo on that. It wasn't like yeah. she was just she was doing the solo part of that. So I thought that was pretty cool, though. But, All right. Well, Jeff, here's some phrases that – you need to, now, I didn't coin all these phrases. You may, you may know where some of these came from, and you can tell me. But here's, these are phrases I want to see go into the lexicon in faith discussions, whether it's in social media or books or wherever. Okay. Now, the first one, I, I definitely wish I had coined this one. I didn't. And I think you know where it came from, so you can tell us. But the, And we talked about it, I think, last week or the week before, but raiding the medicine cabinet. Yeah. And uh, the idea that you know we just go for every Bible verse, apply every Bible verse to our to ourselves, even though a lot of those were not written to believers on yeah. this side of the cross. We just throw it all in the hopper, and I love that. That's a great picture of what we do. Just raid the medicine cabinet. Yeah, by raiding, just taking everything. Yeah, just taking it. everything. Swallow every pill, yeah, no matter every, what it is. Yeah, everything or, just in ran, or randomly, obviously, no one's going to take it all. You just randomly pick anything. Now, out who of who there. coined that? Do you know who that? Uh, that was. Paul Ellis. Paul Ellis coined that. that. Yeah. He has so many good analogies that's a great and quotes one. on there. But. And then I think this one also, I think I think this may come from while it should tell. And I've got that. another one too, by the okay. way. Okay. Managing your spiritual growth. Okay. Or managed spiritual, spiritual growth. growth. Typically, yes. I put all these in kind of verb tenses. That's why I do. Managing your spiritual growth. You cannot manage spiritual growth. There's no program you can go through. There's no list of things to do. There's no... Set books to read, pamphlets to read. There's no way to manage spiritual growth, and particularly toward others. I realize what you're saying here, but we 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 have a responsibility to make others grow, and so right. I'm going to manage their spiritual growth. As I don't think you can manage that. your own. I mean, I, can you manage your own spiritual growth? I um, mean, no, I guess it depends on what you mean by manage. But you know, it's kind of back to simplicity. You know, the only way to manage yeah. it is is more what you don't do. It's it's yeah. believing. Yeah. You know, it's it's the simplicity of believing. I mean, we learn things, and you can manage your learning, but learning does not always translate into growth. Because I know for me, for years, you think, okay, the more I read the Bible, and we are not against reading the Bible. Yeah, love the Bible. Keep thinking, and I, I read as much as I ever have, probably in terms of just thinking through it and all that, and reading it. But I think there was a time in my life where you feel like. Okay, the more I read the Bible, yeah. the more I grow, that they right. equal each other. Right. And that is not true. You know, you can read the Bible a lot you, and not grow. If you're reading it from a law standpoint, it, if anything, it can kind of reinforce a, a wrong. I mean, you can notion. read the Bible so much, pray so much. You can do all the formula stuff. It does not mean you grow spiritually. So yeah. main spiritual growth is a myth. All right, hold on. All right. And then jamming up your head. We talked about that. So these are all verb tense. Um we know what that is already from Galatians 3. Breaking the hex, term we use, we title our book over, which means mm-hmm. that you're stopping 
this whole you know, ridiculousness of living on both sides of the cross. That's what the hex is according to Galatians 3. You're, you're living, basically believing what Jesus did for you, but also believing all the stuff you got to do. That's the hex, breaking hex. Um, one I used in the uh, convention was turning the gospel into a timeshare. I mean, that that is my kind of key analogy now. Mm-hmm. And that for most people, a standard timeshare means you're not really sure, you know, you buy into this thing, you're not sure when you can use the benefits, you may not get the place you want, the dates you want, the benefits are always kind of in motion, they're always kind of fluid. And that's the way Christianity is for a lot of people. Are we forgiven? Are we not forgiven? Are we saved? Are we not saved? Everything's always moving. Um, so, and, but even worse than that, in a, in a state law standard timeshares, the maintenance fees go up and you always know when they're going up or how much they're going up. And that's kind of what's become with a lot of people in Christianity. The, the obligations keep going up. You know, you start off just, you know, attending church, giving, and there's all kinds of things that pile on to you. So anyway, turning the gospel was a timeshare. So anyway, there's more of these. I can give you one more, but I might say the rest of them for next podcast. But see, I love this, sinking your discipleship. Oh, that's right. I remember you used that, yeah. you used that two or three years ago. Yeah, who sunk my discipleship? We talked about that as yeah. a... You talked about that as a name for a book. Yeah, I did. I have thought about that. (laughs) Who sunk my discipleship? discipleship. Yeah. Just the whole idea of discipleship is the Trojan horse that all kinds of obligations come into the church and destroy Christian freedom. I can put you under all kinds of rules and everything as long as at the end I say, well, that's our discipleship program. And as long as you call it discipleship, then people is, people feel obligated to follow along. Okay, I've got an, I've got a phrase of my own. I thought. I'd All right, go ahead. Day. Go ahead. Reading the wrong mall directory. Reading the wrong mall directory. <laughs> okay. You know, the other day when <laughs> we went to the Apple Store, right. when we went to, okay, let's take a little explaining. I, 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 All right. I admit, we went to the Apple Store. that's part of a huge mall. Yeah. And but they had kind of an outdoor section, which yeah. is a really beautiful area. But I had looked at it, so we knew generally, I knew generally where it was, but we get out of the car and we find the directory, you know, like you always do at a mall. And I thought, what what would happen if they switched directories on us? Like instead of the, you had a directory that was to some other mall, but they put there. And suppose, <laughs> like, you know, we're, you're looking at a directory trying to find where the Apple store is, but the directory that somebody got mixed up, and this directory is at some other mall in another part of town, and you're trying to find how to get there, it would be pretty confusing, right? I would be because pretty that's confusing. Not, it would be giving us directions. In I would say somebody ought to lose their not, job over that if you get your mall directories mixed but up. But that's a little bit like when we read parts of the Bible that are written – in the context of the old covenant, written to people that are have not been regenerated, written yeah, to people I got, that are right, still I'm following you. Europe. So I thought okay. they're reading the they're so, reading the wrong mall directory. Reading the wrong mall directory. So, well, I, I like it. I mean, now here's one you ought to like. But now this is all about the spelling of piling on. Now piling on is not P I L I N G. Okay, this is P Y L I N G. Now you know what that Gomer pile Gomer pile okay. piling on the shame. Oh, the shame. It's piling shame, on. Yeah. You're already ashamed for what you did, and when you have other Christians pile on, because you know that was Gomer's phrase. You know, shame, shame, shame. Anytime you know what the sergeant would do something wrong or anybody else, you know that was Gomer's one of the shame. early shame, shame, shame. Several years ago, I heard Wayne Jacobson say something along the lines that Jesus never added to anyone's shame, right. and that was new to me at that yeah. time. That the idea that we don't shame is not a good motivator in terms of spiritual fruit. It, it doesn't work at all. And we have a tendency to think the more we can make people feel ashamed of themselves, then the better they'll do. But it, again, it's just the law. And I mean, the, we got a whole old Testament for 
you know, thousands of years of history to show us yeah. that does not work. Doesn't work. And they would say over and over again, I will do this, I will do this. But the beauty of the gospel is not based on us saying, I will, I yeah. will. It's based on God making yeah. a promise, not on our promises, but his promise that he really made with himself. Yeah. That I will do this in there. So, I got one more here for you. Sure. Judaism 2.0. We've made Christianity Judaism 2.0. It's the same kind of thing, just a new set of rules. Don't have, you know, we still actually bring the old set in with us too, the Ten Commandments. We changed a few of the words, the the terms. terms. Instead of of laws, we call them principles. Principles, right. That's true. We just call laws principles. And we've got a whole other set of religious obligations. And and for a lot of people, it's Judaism 2.0 has zero to do with what Jesus did for us. We just know the historical fact of that, that it happened. But it's really all about our religious obligations. Judaism 2.0. So we did have a great time in Baton Rouge over the weekend. And at least one person there, they got an indication that they might invite us back next year. Oh, no, no guarantee of that. So we, uh, well, hey, there, there was something that indicated that. It's, it's going to be in Atlanta next gonna year. It's going to be in Atlanta. We don't know the exact dates, but in the spring. So we'll obviously let folks know about that when that time And their website around. is, is um, uh, network220.org. Network220.org. Facebook page for the conference is the Network220 Facebook page. Yeah. And has all those on there. But just an incredibly uplifting time of just an entire weekend and people that, it, you know, when you have a whole congregation of people that really understand grace and are walking in that freedom, it makes for a great fellowship. Great time. They understand the new covenant. Jeff, the big goings on here at the farm. Well, I need to look at your blacktop. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We've got a new blacktop. Well, we've been trying about, to get this done yeah, for a uh, year. We talked about that in the last podcast, but uh, it, it got done while we were in Baton yeah. Rouge. So I haven't seen it. Yeah, you know, yeah. We were blacktop the barn, so you don't have to walk on gravel or grass. So it's all your L.A. machine outside. So I have my own machine, L.A. So. machine, and uh, so that was you, a big you, thing that happened while I was in You have arrived. Yeah, when you got your own L.A. machine, where do you go from here? Your own I mean, pop where, machine. Where do you go? I, I mean, really, think about when we were kids. You know, the idea of having your own pop machine yeah. on your own, at your own home. Yeah. What more can you ask for? I mean, what for? more can you ask for? That's true. I mean, I've got an arcade machine in this room, you know. Now i got a pop machine. So all's good. Life is good. 